welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Monday, March 21st. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness today. Thanks for being present with me as we continue on this Lenten journey of ours, on this Lenten retreat. We have reached week three. I mean, we have been at it now for gosh. What is that, about 17, 18 days? And we continue to move through. So we're not quite at the half point yet, but we're getting close. We're getting close, which means there's still time to open ourselves to where God invites us this Lent. Um, And that's a good thing, right? So today we are going to hear uh, out of Luke's gospel. We're going to read it out of the USCCB website, which means the New American Bible Translation. Pretty familiar story. Um, and I'll explain a little bit about it after we get through it. And then just kind of pointing to, to where does this invite us to ponder today. So with that, let's break open God's word. It'll be Luke chapter 4, verses 24 to 30. Okay, Luke 4, 24 to 30. Let's break open God's word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the people in the synagogue at Nazareth, Amen, I say to you. No prophet is accepted in their own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath, in the land of Sidon. Again, There were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But he passed through the midst of them and went away. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So a little background here. What are we we doing? So we're in Luke 4, okay? Now remember, in Luke 4, that's when the action begins in in Luke's gospel. So uh, Luke, like Matthew... They're the only Gospels that have the infancy narratives, and they take up the first two chapters in each of those books. So, we're in Luke 4, so what happened in chapter 3? Essentially, two things happened in chapter 3. One, we get the genealogy of Jesus in Luke 3, but we also get his baptism, okay? And then in Luke 4, what we've seen is Jesus went out to the desert. He was driven out to the desert by the Spirit, and there he is tempted. And the first place he comes, if you remember, we've, we've used this before. Gosh, I want to say it might have been maybe four or six weeks ago. But the early chapter of Luke, uh, right away, after he comes back from the desert, he goes immediately to Nazareth and goes to the synagogue. And there he opens the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Do you remember that? Where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He puts out his thesis statement. He puts out, what does it mean to be Messiah? 
And so he goes to Isaiah's gospel, or excuse me, Isaiah's scroll, the reading from the prophet Isaiah chapter 61, and he takes those things that, that the mission of the Messiah looks like, you know, setting free those in captivity, right? Um, release to prisoners, uh, a, a year of favor, all those things. And the people loved him. They loved him. They thought, wow, this is great. Uh, what he's teaching, uh, and, and they were with him. But then they started to doubt. And they said, is this not the carpenter's son? Meaning, is, shouldn't he be a carpenter? Right, because he's back in his hometown, right, in Nazareth. And they, uh, and they started saying, huh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be listening to him because, again, I, I knew him when he was young. He was kind of a brat. Or I knew him when he we used to run around. I mean, I... My, my daughter had to babysit him, you know? He wasn't anything special. And we talk ourselves out of what we see and hear in front of us. But instead say, nope, nope, I've known you. Prophet can't come from someplace like Nazareth. A prophet comes from, you know, far away. Uh, and, uh, and so clearly... Because I know you and I've known you your whole existence and I know all about you and I know those peccadillos that you carry with you. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not buying what you're selling. And that's the background. That's the precursor to today. So that's why he says, listen, no prophet is accepted in their own native place. Why? For that very reason. Not because Jesus isn't a prophet. He certainly is. He plays the prophetic role amazingly. Not because he's not able to back up his prophetic imagination and prophetic utterances. He does that incredibly well, right? The gospel is, is proof of that. A person is, is without honor and, and not accepted in their native place because the native place won't accept that God can work through somebody that I already know. I, I've got you figured out, and therefore God can't work through you. And Jesus uses two examples here. So he uses Elijah. Now, the story here he, that he references, if you remember, is uh, there was a famine, a severe famine in the land. And a widow in uh, Zarephath, this land that was not Hebrew-Israel territory, okay? So it was a foreigner. And Elijah, the prophet, of course, was an Israelite. And this uh, widow was out collecting sticks. And Elijah goes up to her and says, hey, you know, bake me a cake. And she said, well, you know, with all due respect, sir, uh, I was just collecting these sticks. and going to go back to my place and I was going to bake up what little flour we had left into cakes for my son and I. And then we were going to die because that's all we had. And Elijah says, trust me, um, I'll be with you. And as long as I'm with you, the flower isn't going to run out until the skies open up. And that's true. That indeed happened. Elijah stayed with the widow and uh, the son and the widow did not pass away. Uh, they had plenty of food. The jar did not run dry of flour nor the oil. And um, and this was not done in Israel, but he uses, Jesus uses this in his example of going outside of 
He's, a prophet is only accepted outside of their native place. Um, and you may remember that Elijah was being sought after and driven by Queen Jezebel. Um, and, uh, and so he was driven outside of Israel. So the prophet was not accepted. Then, as if that's not enough, he uses another one, Elisha. So Elisha follows Elijah. Elijah gives him the mantle of prophet, and Elisha takes over after Elijah then is taken up on the fiery chariot, right, up to the, to the heavens. And Elisha, in this circumstance, uh, is in Israel, but uh, doesn't have a big following. And Naaman is, a, pro, is, is a, a foreigner and has done some really good things for a foreign king, but he's a leper. And so that foreign king uh, sends him to the king of Israel and says, hey, can you cure this guy? And the, the um, king of Israel says, what are you sending him to me for? Like, I have the ability to... Uh, to cure leprosy. I don't. That's ridiculous. And he tears his garments, which means that's blasphemy, uh, that he doesn't have that power, and, and what he's asking only comes from God. And Elisha hears about it and says, send, send him to me, king, that Israel may know there is a prophet here, because you don't think there's a prophet here, but there is, because he too has not been treated well. And so this foreigner, this Naaman the Syrian, comes to him and, uh, and ultimately is cleansed of his leprosy. So that's what Jesus uses to prove to them that a prophet is not accepted in their native place. And he's, he, he's in their face. He knows it. He's saying it because they know what it means. It means he's declaring himself a prophet. He already said that when he said, after he opened up uh, Isaiah 61 and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor, liberty to captives, all those things. Then he went and sat down and he said, today, this scripture reading is fulfilled in your hearing. So they knew what he was saying. He's saying at a minimum, he's a prophet, but more likely that the messianic prophecy, which was Isaiah 61, is being fulfilled here. And so he's declaring, I'm a prophet, and they talk themselves out of it. So I've talked a lot, done a little bit of history, done a little background, but I really haven't brought us to what do I invite us to ponder? And I'd simply say this. Brothers and sisters, I think the people of Nazareth are, are us today. I think that's human nature. I don't think they're bad people. But I think they simply say, I'm, I'm familiar with you. And your upbringing didn't look special. Because the Messiah's upbringing is, is going to be incredible. I mean, they'll know it from right away, right? But you just were growing up, man. You hung out with our children. You played in our streets. You, you grew up and had acne on your face and were awkward in those teen years, just like everybody else. And frankly, you tutelaged, uh, tutelaged, is that a word? Uh, tutored, maybe? Under, under the uh, tutelage <laughs> of your father as carpenter. And, um, and, uh, and just, you know, there never seemed to be anything special to you. Brothers and sisters, do we do that with our own 
children? Do we do that with our own siblings? Do we do that with the neighbors down the street? Do we do that with the people we see at church every week? Do we do that with our in-laws? Do we do that with um, the people we see in the grocery store? Do we do it, you know, in just the ordinary, mundane, day-in, day-out life we live? That we know, we think, at least, we think. Let me put that in quotation marks. We think we know somebody. But my friends, do we ever really know someone? Do we really know what goes on in their heart of hearts? Do we really know what goes on beneath that surface, what gifts they carry fully? Because I think if we did, I I think we would kneel before one another. I mean that sincerely. I think we would bow to each other. I think we'd be in awe of one another. My friends, I think what this gospel invites us to do today is to see those who we think we know, those who we think are ordinary, quote-unquote, and see them anew and to allow them a space to be who they really are, to be the extraordinary gift that God made them because they are made imago dei, brothers and sisters. They are made in the image and likeness of God and they carry that spark and flame. Do they know it? Maybe this is our opportunity, brothers and sisters, to invite them to see themselves anew as well. Brothers and sisters, the the miracle of God, the movement of God, the action of God is all around us. It is all around us. And if we don't see it, that's not for God, lack of God's trying. Shame on us. Because we haven't looked hard enough. May this day invite an opportunity to see those in our world. And when I say in our world, I mean that world around us that we see every day. May it invite us and open us and allow us to see our, those in our world in a new light and give them the space to be extraordinary. Let's, uh, let's pray. And so, my friends, we uh, move through the luminous mysteries uh, this week. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The first luminous mystery, the baptism of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Have a wonderful Monday. May your week be filled with every good thing. God's peace.